Chapter 24 of Eight Keys to Eden by Mark Clifton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Dale Grothman. Throw a key at the feet of a turkey, and it is useless to him. Show him the lock it fits, and it is still useless without the knowledge of how to insert the key and turn it. Unlock it for him, and still it is useless without the knowledge of how to push or pull the door. This is the essence of why so few mastered the simple steps of physical science, the essence of why so few were able to get beyond step two of e-science. Anyone could disagree with a statement, but in answer to, what, if it not be true, how then to account for the phenomenon? Most bogged down at that point, unable to demonstrate with evidence the validity of some other answer everyone knew the equation e equals mc squared but few could implement it to build an atomic power plant perhaps the reactions of tom that taking away the concept of a balanced equation destroyed all certainty and therefore was not to be countenanced was a reflection of his own reaction willing though he might be to consider something else in his wanderings about the island picking fruits and nuts stems and leaves catching fish when he hungered drinking the clear water of the stream when he thirsted yet so enwrapped that he was unaware he was taking care of his body's needs cal built up a whole structure of alien philosophies on the nature of the universe and saw them topple of their own weight until at last he realized the basic flaw in all his reasoning he was too well grounded in the essence of physical science and all physical science was built on the balanced equation even in trying to consider the unbalanced equation he had been attempting to determine the exact nature of the unbalance and to supply an x-factor on the other side of the equation to restore balance to restore balance was to maintain the status quo of physical reality to turn the key in the lock to open the door he must change the physical reality to balance the equation rather than supply an x-factor to keep reality unchanged but how to do it still eluded him at times as if seeing partial diagrams he seemed very close to a solution at times it seemed the printed card of the electronic wiring was necessary only because the human mind could not visualize the whole without that aid that music did not come through because in incomplete visualization some little part was left dangling unconnected and the long history of non-science belief in the magic properties of kabbalistic signs and designs rose up to taunt him to goad him with the possibility that perhaps man had once come close to the answer of how to control physical properties without the use of tools that the development of a physical science had taken man down a sidetrack instead of further along the direct route toward his goal or that man had once been shown and never understood or forgot yet kept alive the memory that physical shifts could be changed if he could only draw the right diagram through his wanderings one fact gradually intruded upon his mind it seemed that the further inland he roamed the closer he came to grasping the problem the nearer the seashore the more it eluded him 
one morning he looked up at the glittering heights of crystal palace mountain and suddenly he resolved to climb it perhaps the winds of the mountain being stronger the fuzziness of his thoughts would be blown away perhaps the arrangement of the crystalline structures the arches and spires might catch his brain waves modulate them transform them strengthen them feed them back himself a part of the design instead of outside it in the framework of physical science a nonsense notion but what harm to try he sought out tom and jed the two who would miss him and the two who would care there ain't no water up there as far as i know jed said and you can't carry none now me and a party scouted the mountain once it's mighty purty but useless the quartz ain't valuable enough to cover its shipping costs back to earth the ground is too rocky to farm not much in the way of food growing there so we never went back the scientists surveyed it when the planet was first discovered cal said one of the first places they went because it was so outstanding but they found nothing interesting and useful either still i think i'll go well jed said with a shrug you can't get lost if you should lose your bearings just walk downhill and you'll come to food and water follow the shoreline until you get back either direction and i reckon the way things go now you ain't gonna hurt yourself we won't worry about you none we're all getting along all right so you needn't worry about us either you want me to come with you cal tom asked no cal answered i think it's better if i'm alone he left them then and went past some colonists who were picking berries and eating them and on up the valley that ran between the two ridges it was only a few miles to the foothills a gradual rise of the valley floor a gradual shallowing and narrowing of the stream a gradual drawing in of the spoke-like ridges until the valley at last became a ravine the morning air was clear and still the scent of flowers and ripening fruit was sweet before he left the ravine and began his climb he ate some of the fruit and washed the lingering sweet taste from his mouth with a long cool drink of water from one of the many springs that fed the stream he looked up at the mountain above him and his eyes picked out the most likely approach to its summit it was not a high mountain not in terms of those tremendous tortured skin folds of other planets hardly more than a high hill in terms of those nor as far as he could see would the climb be difficult or hazardous the fanciful thought of mount olympus on earth came into his mind although this one was not so inaccessible so parched and barren the gods of greece would have found this a pleasanter place although they might not have lived so long in the minds of men since the mountain was more easily climbed and therefore man would have been the more easily convinced after repeated explorations that no gods lived there after all would the greeks as with later religions have placed the sight of heaven further and further away retreating reluctantly as man explored the earlier site and found no heaven there retreat after retreat until at last the whole idea 
was patently ridiculous dead are the gods forever dead and yet to what may man now turn in rapture in ecstasy in communion what in all physical science filled the deep human need of these expressions the climb of the first slope up to the crest of the ridge he intended to follow was quickly done he turned there and looked behind him at the valley of the colonists below and far down where the valley merged into the sea and far on out at the hazy purple line of another island as he started to turn back again to resume his climb his eyes caught a flash of something moving in the ravine below him sunlight on brown bare skin he waited until he caught another glimpse through the trees as he had suspected it was louis still trying to keep him always in sight his first impulse was to call out to wait for louis ask him to join in the climb he discarded the impulse his need was to get away from all others and sympathetic and compassionate though he may be the confusion in louis's mind seemed to intrude upon his own nor had his earlier attempts to comfort louis met success let louis follow if he willed perhaps the clean air would clear his mind as well he feared no physical harm even if louis's tortured mind intended it there were no tools to strike at him from a distance even a boulder pushed from a height above him would not strike for that would be the physical use of a tool to gain an end he feared no bodily attack from ambush for his own strength and knowledge were dependable he began his climb again followed the crest of the ridge where it swept upward to buttress the side of the mountain the going was not difficult the trees and shrubs grew thinner here and provided clear spaces for him to wind among them the stones at first a problem to his bare feet bothered him less and less until he forgot them he felt no physical discomfort neither from tiredness nor thirst nor from the branches scraping his bare skin nor anything to drag his mind into trivialities nor tortured theories such as had plagued him in trying to reason out the new concepts of a proportionate variable reality instead there was a sense of well-being anticipated completeness a merging of the often quite separate areas of thought intuition and appreciation although at no great height now the trees no longer grew so tall that they obscured his vision of the heights above as he climbed they were replaced by shrubs shoulder high then waist high then merely low creeping growths that his feet avoided without mental direction a curve of the ridge brought him to the first outcropping of the crystallized quartz on them he saw no signs of the scar left by geologist's hammer no imperfections where the nodes may have been broken away they were complete singularly unweathered there was no path nor hint of one nor sign that either scientist or colonist had ever passed this way the ridge swung back into line and still he climbed effortlessly and without consciousness of passing time time and space and matter seemed to have receded far into the background of consciousness 
man's star-strewn civilization was no more than a dream it was as if he alone and complete occupied the whole of the universe encompassed it as he was encompassed by it yet not alone their presence which seemed so evanescent on the valley floor was closer now more clearly sensed almost as if at any instant the veil of blindness would be dispelled and they would stand revealed now up the final slope of the mountain he threaded his way through higher outcroppings of more perfectly formed quartz with deeper amethyst hue scintillating in seti's sunlight diffracting not only the purples but into the greens and reds and blues as he came around the base of one of these there towering above he caught his first full view of the great spires pinnacles buttresses and arches of the mountain's crest it was the crystal palace the climb had been steep steeper than it had appeared from below yet his breathing was not labored his mouth was not dry from thirst nor were his muscles protesting the effort he did not need to stop and rest to gather his energy for the last steep assault upon the peak far below him he saw louis toiling up a slope then dropping with every appearance of exhaustion when he came to each level place still he would rest no more than a minute and always his head was turned to keep sight of cal above him he would push himself to his knees then to his feet and slowly step by step began his climb again as if from far away cal felt a pity at the uselessness of this self-torture the senseless need of a man to punish himself for the guilt of imagined wrongs and felt a wonder if the strangely developed moral sense of man had not after all done more harm than good for in the ordered universe where everything fitted into the whole what could be either good or bad right or wrong except as a reflection of man's inadequacies in his imaginings rightness and good wrongness and evil these could not possibly be other than assessments of furtherance or threat to the ascendancy of me and mine at the center of things and had no more meaning beyond that context he turned from watching louis pitying him and made the last sharp climb with no more effort than the hole had been now he drew near the towering structures of the crest now he was beside them now he walked beneath and through an arch which seemed almost a gothic entrance and stood transfixed in ecstasy magnificent the dreams of man that took form in steel and stone and glass yet none matched the lightness the grace the intricacy the sublime simplicity of those interwoven crystal structures where light from the noonday sun separated prismatically until it filled the air with a myriad of living darting colored sparks of fire above him where the breeze that blew through the vibrating spires made blended sounds the ear could barely endure in rapture as once in childhood he had stood in a grove of giant trees that laced their limbs in gothic splendor above him now again he stood lost in time and space and being lost in vision and in music 
which neither had nor needed form nor beginning nor end and knew it was a simple tool their concession to the mind of man to bridge the gap between their minds and his without wondering more he sank down upon the mossy turf of the floor and lay supine to gaze upward to follow line to blended line until they seemed mirrored into infinity the darting lights above him whirled spiraled up and then down clockwise then counterclockwise reminding him reminding him the internal structure of crystals the end of chapter 24 of eight keys to eden by mark clifton read by dale grothman